What's up, Steeler fans? Welcome back to another episode of State of the Steelers. I'm your Steel Curtain Network host, Daniel J. Uh, but before I start, I want to say thank you to everybody that's wished uh, congratulations and, and thoughts and prayers. As my daughter was born uh, just a couple of days ago, uh, she was at six pounds, seven ounces, 20 inches long, and wrapped in a terrible towel, immediately following getting cleaned up. And so we have the newest Steelers fan. Uh, her name is Rogan Page. Uh, you know, welcome to Steel Steelers Nation, little Rogan. Uh, look forward to watching many games with you. And like I said, thank you to everybody who's congratulated and, and talked about it and, and sent their thoughts and prayers. We truly, truly appreciate every single one of you guys. And so today, what we're going to be talking about is the strength of schedule and how it really doesn't matter, in my opinion. Now, sure, you can go ahead and look at certain things like, you know, does it take an effect on the possibility of where your team's going to go? Yes, it, it sure does. I mean, if you have a harder you know, schedule, you can uh, probably imagine there being some adversity and, and things of that nature and and the games being a little bit more difficult. However, there's a lot of things that are taken out of content and a lot of things that are um, that don't really jive with just looking at things from that statistical point of the strength of schedule. Um, before we get into it, let's kind of, you know, let's try to figure out how is the strength of schedule determined, right? So in the NFL, the strength of schedule is a combined record of the team's schedule and their strength of victory uh, from the previous year, right? Their combined record and their strength of victory. So you look at, you know, how many games they won or lost. And then you look at the record of the teams that they beat, and that'll determine the strength of victory. And, you know, there's a formula there to determine it. And I'm not going to get into all that. I'm sure Dave Schofield in this, in the stag geek probably could break that down a little bit better than I could, but there's a lot of context mixed out of there. Like for instance, uh, uh, you know, new players to the team injuries that had occurred the, previous year um, or like if you look at the for instance in the Steelers situation last season they started the year off with Mitch Trubisky as their number one quarterback and through training camp they had an offense tailored for him and during the toughest part of the schedules when they switched over to a rookie Kenny Pickett and he struggled early on they don't take into context that he went seven and two down the stretch and nearly put the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. And so those things don't come into context. The, uh, the fact that, you know, when you look at it just like this, that, for instance, you have a team like the New York Jets who have a new quarterback and Aaron Rodgers. Now, whether or not he's going to be the Aaron Rodgers that a lot of people are used to expecting to seeing or not, given his advanced age at, you know, the certain point of his career in a new place and an offensive line that, you know, may not be up to par when it comes to being able to protect him. We all know that they were eyeing Broderick Jones in the draft and the Pittsburgh Steelers made a deal with the devil, so to speak, with Bill, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots to jump up in front of the New York Jets to take Broder Jones, you know, that was a uh, key piece of, that was a position that they were keying in on. And so 
you know, those things make a difference. You know, you're also looking at a draft like the Pittsburgh Steelers got, a free agency like the Pittsburgh Steelers have had, where they've been extremely aggressive and have, uh, you know, addressed many needs, including completely overhauling the middle linebacker position from coach to players. Those things don't come into consideration. The fact that you have to get these players to gel, uh, build that camaraderie, that chemistry, that's not into consideration. Now, if you go and look at, for instance, how um, maybe the Vegas will do this, it'll determine it a little bit different. You know, the strength of schedule would be um, they take into consideration players and win totals and injuries and things of that nature. And that's why, in my opinion, you have certain outlets that'll come out with different um, where they're ranked differently. For instance, uh, I believe it was uh, pro football rankings had the Pittsburgh Steelers with the eighth easiest schedule. Sharp football analysis had the Steelers ranked with the 11th easiest schedule. So regardless, they still have them in the top 15 of the league when it comes to the strength of schedule as far as uh, how easy or relatively how easy it should be. But does that make a difference? You know, especially for a team that has been known to play up to their competition and also to play down to their competition in certain instances. Now, I, I, I'll, I'll say this, that we'll highlight or, or maybe magnify the times that they've played down because those are negative events versus the times that they've played up. But they still do happen in both situations. And, you know, this team, in my opinion, is on the rise. And you look at it, you look at last year, the team had a very tough schedule. I think it was ranked third toughest in the league. And yet the Steelers were able to beat their over-under from what Vegas had predicted them to be at. And we're hoping this year that it'll continue in that trajectory and continue to improve on those odds and, and move forward. Now, for me, I think just as equally as important as who you're playing, I think when you're playing them is just as important. I mean, let's take last season, for example, and also the results as well. So if we take last season, for example, and we look at the way the Pittsburgh Steelers finished that year. You know, right now, the state of the fan base, so to speak, is that this team is in an upward trajectory and it's a positive outlook. However, if 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 schedule was uh, reversed and the Pittsburgh Steelers started seven and two and ended up nine and eight. Then at that situation, I think there'd be a lot less optimism as far as how this team would be performing in this year. Right. And so when you get your wins and how you get your wins and how your team develops is important, in my opinion. Now, let's look at the current schedule and we'll you know kind of determine really. You know how hard it really is when you look at you know, some of those parameters about as far as when. So the Steelers opened up in Pittsburgh, right, against the San Francisco 49ers. And then they have a Monday night game at home against the Cleveland Browns. Now, the opening game, you know, 
Steelers don't really know who the opposition's quarterback is going to probably be. Is Purdy going to be available? Is Trey Lance going to be the guy? Is Sam Darnold going to be the guy? You know, my opinion, um, especially if it's not somebody like a Brock Purdy and the guy that's, you know, still relatively new to the team and or, you know, getting comfortable and building up their chemistry with the team and maybe not have you know, the playbook down as much as Brock Purdy, which is crazy to say because he was just a rookie last season and didn't play the full year. You know, you, you would expect there to be a little bit of a slide or, or maybe perhaps not not be the team that made it to the playoffs last season, if that makes sense. You know, going against the Cleveland Browns on a Monday night game where the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't lost on a Monday night in a long time, it makes a difference. You know, it's a longer you know, longer week, a longer time to prepare. And I think that the Steelers, you know, that aspect of it is is going to be helpful. Now, where the next couple of weeks, it is a little bit more of a concern. You know, you have at Vegas and at Texans. Now, the Vegas game, it's a Sunday night game, but coming off of a Monday night game, <laughs> you have one day less, you know, to prepare and you're traveling. So it does make a difference there. I will say this, uh, when me and my wife have been in attendance at games, we are undefeated. And by we, I mean the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so me and my wife will be at the Vegas Raiders game. And so I think that there's a good chance that the Steelers win based on that alone. And that's something that doesn't come out when it comes to the strength of schedule is who's going to be in attendance. But all jokes aside. I do think that the Steelers are going to have, you know, a possibly a tough time there, you know, having to travel across country, which last season they didn't really have to do this time they're going to. And then, you know, not only that, you know, play on a it's a little relatively a short week, you know, and a, a day less plus travel. And after playing a team like the Cleveland Browns that are going to be healthy, they want to run the ball. They're going to be a team that wants to, um, you know, use Nick Chubb and, and maybe even Deshaun Watson's ability to maneuver in the pocket and get open and use his legs. Um, you know, I can I can see that being a hard fought game for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and that those effects can roll over to the next week. The Houston Texas game, I will be in attendance there as well, more than likely. Uh, not so much probably with the wife. I'll be going with my father, my brothers, who. We are we and the Steelers are not undefeated when we're in attendance when I've gone with them before. In fact, I, you know, last time we went to a game, I believe it was in 2019 against the uh, at the time, I think there were the San Diego Chargers and the uh, New Orleans Saints. And those are two games that the Steelers had, you know, the ability and opportunity to win and should have won, but ended up coming out with defeats. So week five. You know, it's going to be against the Baltimore Ravens. Now, whether it's been, you know, backups that are playing, you know, third string quarterbacks, whoever, when it comes to a matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, it's always usually a three point game one way or the other. They're hot, hard fought and tough games. Uh, This is why I like the following week having a bye, because typically when you walk, when the Steelers walk out of that game, Against the Baltimore Ravens, it's been well-documented and well-said that, you know, there's some bumps and bruises associated with that game that are going to travel on to the next week. Having that bye week at that point, I think, really does help out this team. And so when they go 
to Los Angeles. They're not going to be a team that's coming off of a short week, having to travel completely across country. They're coming off of a bye and, you know, and probably got some well-needed rest. So that would, in my opinion, you would assume probably be more favorable for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that instance. And, you know, when you look at the Rams as far as, you know, their team and whatnot, uh, who knows? They lost a lot of key players this year. And, you know, yeah, they have Matthew Stafford, who's he's been, you know, riddled with injuries. So, you know, not taking that into consideration as far as just the timing in which these, you know, these things happen. The following week, it's against Jacksonville. Um, it's a home game. That's going to be a, um, a relatively competitive game, in my opinion. You know, the timing in which this game happens really has no reflect on anything. I think it's just going to be a good game to watch. However, the following week, Thursday night games, and the Steelers have two. They have one in week nine, and then they have another one against the Patriots uh, in week 14. Now, both of those games, and they're important because they're at home. And typically the favor, you know, that usually aligns with the side of the home team when you have a short week and a team has to travel as well. You know, they get less walkthroughs and practices and things of that nature. And so, you know, they usually do come in a little bit less prepared than the home team. It's still going to be a hard fought battle. And, you know, with every Thursday night game is followed by like like a mini buy, so to speak. Right. So when you go and play a team like Green Bay after Tennessee or a team like the Colts, um, after playing the Patriots, you know, that's a little bit extended time to not just heal, but also to prepare for the following game. Now, going back to, um, you know, following the Tennessee game, like I said, you play Green Bay next, then you have two divisional games. You know, you finish up uh, Cleveland, which you, is the only team that you, or is one of the teams that you played earlier on. This is their second game. It's at Cleveland, and then you're at Cincinnati. That is going to make a difference having to go on the road twice in divisional against divisional opponents. You know, I, I think when it comes to divisional games, you can kind of throw records out of the window. You know, you've seen the Miami Dolphins be able to beat, you know, Tom Brady and the Patriots numerous times while they were in Miami. And, you know, I'm not saying that the Steelers are walking into a situation where they're not going to perform well or we should expect them to lose. Because I, for one, always think that the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win. But in this situation, uh, I would think that you would assume that these are going to be tougher games just because they're back-to-back road games against division opponents. And so... You know, um, fortunately, none of them are on a short week. Uh, it doesn't appear that, you know, both of them are at 1 p.m. Eastern. So it's not like, a, you know, primetime game or anything like that. I would expect that the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing well, but they will, you know, they could be the nationally televised team going up against the Bengals. That could be a national televised game, I mean. Um, but, it, it, you know, those two games are worrisome because of when they happen. Not so much the opponent. Now, following uh, the Bengals, you have the Arizona Cardinals at home and then that Thursday night game against the New England Patriots. The Cardinals is a, um, a you know, a, a, a team from the opposite conference, not a team that the Steelers play often. You know, those type of games, you know, when you play them is probably more important. And I think that this it's pretty fair. You know, it's, it's a home game, so 
you know, the favor will lie on the Pittsburgh Steelers there. Now, preceding the New England Patriots that Thursday game, which we already talked about how the, you know, the Thursday home games favor some, you know, the, the home team. Um, they're also, it's followed by an extended buy, so to speak, going up against the Colts. And it's been that, that game there is to be determined. Some speculate that it could be on Saturday. If it is, um, the following week, it's on a Saturday also, which I would actually kind of hope that that Colts game ends up being on a Saturday or something like that, because following week, you know, at home in Cincinnati is on a Saturday. It's a shorter week. You want a full week to prepare, but it is at home and perhaps maybe the Bengals. In fact, I'm not sure where the Bengals play week 15. Um, you know, if they playing on Sunday, um, it could be a situation where the uh, it could benefit the Pittsburgh Steelers, um, giving them on a short week. And this says December 7th, 2023, they play uh, – or 17, I'm sorry. They play the Vikings at home. So that's on a Sunday. And if, you know, that ends up being the case, then they got a little bit of a shorter week. And that also – you know, we also have to use that as a determining factor. You know, who these teams that they're going up against, who they played the previous week, and how healthy and who's in charge and things of that nature, right? I think those make more of a difference than the strength of schedule, so to speak. Now, I will say that if you have a if you're a good football team and you take care of business, then you know, um, your your strength of schedule, like I said, it shouldn't matter either way. So following the Saturday game, um, you get an extra day because it's on Saturday. You're traveling to Seattle. And I do want to preference this on these last four games. And that I do think is important. Three out of the four are on the road. In fact, the last game there in, in Akershore Stadium is Saturday, December 23rd against the Cincinnati Bengals. So then you're on two road games. The first one is at Seattle at 4.05 p.m. Eastern on week 17. This is going to be a New Year's Eve. And then, obviously, the to-be-determined game against Baltimore Ravens, as every team has a to-be-determined game on week 18, finishing it off against a, div a divisional team. And this could be for, you know, and should be and probably most likely be for playoff implications. And so, like, just to kind of recap, for me, the timing in which these games happen are, are fairly important. You know, if the Steelers are on the right, you know, in the right direction and going in the right direction. Um, I think they can very much so handle business, in, you know, two or three of the games in those final four. You know, I think that they're going to have to win against the Bengals in this situation, being that's the only home game. And, you know, out of the other three, obviously, the Baltimore Ravens game would be most important. Um to win because it's a divisional game and then probably the Colts because it's a conference game. Seattle wouldn't be the most, you know, um, wouldn't have the most value as far as, you know, if they ended up dropping one of those four games or, or whatnot. So to me, timing is probably more important. I mean, let's go back to last season and the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against, you know, Buffalo, the Eagles, Miami, and, and Tampa Bay, that was, you know, at the time, a team on the rise. Uh, and that was a time when your rookie quarterback was starting. You know, the timing in which those things happen 
probably could have been better. You know, if he started Kenny Pickett earlier, that probably would have been a better situation. But we're going to take a quick break. Uh, don't go anywhere. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the schedule and, and things of that nature on the other side. Uh, stay tuned. Hey, check it out. You made it to the other side. Um, you know, real quick, I um, want to let you guys know, I'm sure if you guys are listening into my podcast, you're probably listening into Let's Ride, The Stacky, Bad Language. But if you're not on YouTube, go check us out on YouTube. I know you can get all of our YouTube content on your uh, on your you know Apple Google devices, um, regardless. Uh, but if you want to you know see what we look at look like and get an idea, you know put a face to the voice, so to speak. I myself come out on Mondays um, with Shannon Wyatt on the Hangover. You know we. Uh, get into a lot of great conversation. I think you guys would truly enjoy it. You can check it out live at 5 p.m. Eastern on YouTube at Steel Curtain Network on YouTube. If not, check it out later on that evening. It'll come out. Also, I want to do a little little bit of a shameless plug, so to speak. Uh, If you guys are not aware, I am a season ticket holder. Now, I typically go to one or two games a year. Uh, This year, I'm probably going to just save one game ticket that's going to be at home. The rest of them I do plan on either selling or giving away. And when I give away, I give away one or two two tickets to one game. Um, and that's on my other YouTube channel, State of the Steelers, to a subscriber. But I also sell my tickets. So if you're interested in purchasing a ticket uh, or two tickets from me, just hit me up on Twitter and we'll work out the details. You can find me at State of Steelers. That's my handle. And on Twitter, message me, direct message me, and we'll get in contact. We'll talk about um, if you're interested in purchasing one of these tickets. My section is in um, 122. So I'm in the same section as Dave Schofield. Um, We're we're on opposite ends of the section where, you know, um, I think he's on row. He's one row behind me, but I'm on, you know, closer to one aisle and he's closer to the other. Uh, We're in the lower level. Um, near the uh, the end zone opposite side of the Jumbotron. So I think we're like somewhere about 17 rows up, maybe a little bit more than that um, from uh, from the field. It's a great view. It's a great time. If you haven't been to Acroshore slash Heinz Field in the past, I highly recommend it. You know, there are some games that if you're wanting to go to, you might, um, you know, if you're especially if you're traveling, I would recommend, you know, the two home games on Thursday night are preceded by home games that weekend. And so if you wanted to go for like five or six days and fly in on a, let's just say, let's go look at this real quick. The first um, Thursday night game, you know, the Steelers play Jacksonville week eight and then week nine, um, you know, just a few days later, they're playing the Tennessee Titans, you know, uh, you could fly in on Saturday, fly out on Friday, and catch two games, right? And the same thing can be said um, week 13 and 14 when it comes to, you know, watching the Pittsburgh Steelers take on Arizona and New England. So 
if you guys are interested in those things, if you want to buy more more than one ticket or more than one game, I'll hook you up. I'll give you guys a deal. I don't have to pay the uh, the fees that normally go with like seat uh, seat geek or StubHub or Ticketmaster, and so you can save yourself some money on those fees and and get them transferred directly to you. It's two tickets. That's you know that's all we have. It's just two. And so if you're, you know, per game. And so if you're interested, hit me up on Twitter and we'll get you on your way to see the Pittsburgh Steelers in Acreshore Stadium. A, a year that I think that, you know, the Steelers are going to surprise some teams. You know, this team is really moving in the right direction. Um, you know, another thing I wanted to talk about the schedule, and I probably should have started this off with that because it was the release of the schedule. I thought that the Pittsburgh Steelers did a fantastic job kind of, you know, doing an old school leave it a beaver um, style. Also had some, you know, implements of dodgeball. I'm not sure if you guys remember that movie with Ben Stiller back in the day. You know, dodge, dip, dive, duck, and dodge. And so, and they came out with the five S's and schedule, strategy, and all the other ones that came out in there. You know, not you know seeing schedule twice on those five S's to me was a. Uh, a correlation to the movie Dodgeball, which is a very hilarious movie that I love and um, was one of my one of my favorite movies growing up. And so I thought that Zach Gentry did a wonderful job. <laughs> he's a he's a funny guy. He's a funny guy on and off the field, I think. And, um, you know, I was a little bit interested or intriguing, at least to say to speak, that it'd be Zach Gentry, given the fact that the Steelers have, you know, Pat Fryermuth, who's you know, the tight end one in the room and Darnell Washington, who was the most recent surprise draft pick by the Pittsburgh Steelers in the third round, a guy that was expected to go possibly in the first round, a steal of the draft, so to speak, guy with has some great talent with him. And, you know, a guy that most people are expecting to surpass Gentry. You know, when it comes to Gentry, I think his main you know, attribute is the fact that, you know, he's a bigger body guy and he's learned how to block and he's become a decent pass blocker, run blocker. I don't think he's going to be able to measure up when it comes to Darnell's Washington's ability to be a blocker down the field or in passing game or helping out the tackles, chipping in, you know, before going on routes and also have the pass threat or catching threat that Darnell Washington has. But that being said, I mean, you know, I thought it was it was a great <laughs> showcase. And, you know, I know that the schedule was leaked out earlier and was released. And and I saw it. I saw it. And, you know, to me, I don't understand why the NFL. I mean, I get it. I guess it's for ratings, for money. You know, they have, you know, these agreements with the networks that they're going to allow them to um, get a piece of the action, so to speak by releasing portions of the of the uh, schedule and allowing these different networks to release it before they release the entire thing. But as a fan, it's just it's it's like a hide and seek game or, you know, a um, a child's game that has gotten a little frustrating. I'd rather wake up, you know, nine, ten o'clock or even if it's at eight at, at eight p.m., you know, give it give it to us straight, give it to us at one time. And, you know, let us know who's who's playing and when they're playing. But, you know, the NFL has become a big money business. And, you know, that's one of the outcomes of, of its popularity and success is that we're going to have to endure, you know, some of the uh, uh, marketing st- strategies from the networks. And so for that, you can't fault them. 
Um, but I do, I do think that the Pittsburgh Steelers have a have a hilarious social media team, and and getting with um, Zach Gentry to pretend to be, uh, you know, the Leave It to Beaver type of guy on there uh, was was perfect. I, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, some Steelers in the news uh, earlier this um, week. You had. Bill Cower come out on footballing with Ben Roethlisberger, which has become a pretty good, pretty good podcast. You know, I, I'm going to lie. I like the drinking. I like the eating. I, I, I will do a little bit of both myself sometimes uh, and together at the same time, drinking and eating. But, you know, the, the content itself as well is, is great. You know, you got a lot of great guests and, and Ben's ability to interview and ask some questions. I mean, it's all personal to him and, his personal life and he personally knows many of the people that he brings on. So it's more, you know, fluent and flows very well and easy, but you know, he had, he had cower and then he was able to, you know, this past week and cower Bill cower that is, was able to clear up some of the, the thing, the rumors and speculation that's been going on for years. Like for one, the biggest one was that, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers weren't eyeing Ben Roethlisberger in the 2004 draft. You know, Cower kind of put that to bed when he said that, you know, he was they didn't think that the um, the quarterbacks were going to fall. But if they did, whether it was Philip, Eli or, or or Big Ben, that they were going to select a quarterback at that position at number 11 in the 2004 NFL draft. But they had a they didn't think that it was going to happen. Fortunately. The dominoes fell the way they did, and the puzzle pieces landed in the manner that they did. And the Pittsburgh Steelers end up getting a future Hall of Famer who should be a first ballot Hall of Famer in Big Ben Roethlisberger. You know, he talked about how even though the Steelers, you know, offense was being successful, they were doing it in a manner, especially his rookie season and his, you know, first couple of years that, you know, weren't the way the coaches wanted it, so to speak. It was a lot of like, backyard football and they wanted it to be more strategic and more aligned with what the game plan was. And it, it even went to the point where, you know, Cower was explaining why he was grabbing Ben's Jersey in the manner that he did during Super Bowl 40 against the Seattle Seahawks when the Pittsburgh Steelers won and Ben kept the, uh, uh, kept the ball and booted it out and, and got a first down. Now um, in that you know, um, in that interview, it's disclosed that um, either the running back went the wrong way because it was supposed to be a handoff or Ben opened up the wrong way. Either way, it wasn't there. And he had to improvise in that moment. And his quick thinking and, you know, being light on his feet got him there. And so, you know, he's like, <laughs> he talked about how he's like, we're here winning the championship and I'm still getting mad at him for playing street ball. And I thought that was hilarious. Uh, they also touched on Big Ben's motorcycle accident in 2005, prior to the uh, at the end or in 2006. I'm sorry, um, after the Super Bowl win, and he talked about how he he strongly felt that if that in, that accident didn't happen, uh, that they would have probably went back to back Super Bowls. You know, you you also had an appendectomy uh, that Big Ben had suffered right before that season, and he was still able to come back, but. He really wasn't himself. And Cower kind of mentioned that, that early on in that season, he was, you know, like hiding himself a little bit when, you know, somebody would come in to 
to hit, he would, you know, embrace instead of, you know, get the ball out in the manner that he was doing. So the year, the two years prior to and that, it took him some time to get back to that. But as we all know, he was able to recover completely and, um, and also his ability on the field. You know, Cower went into his reasons for stepping down and not ever really coming close to getting into or becoming another, you know, head coach of another team. You know, there's, he said that he's, he'd been contacted throughout the years and things of that nature, but he could never see himself coaching another team that is not the black and gold, the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I thought that that, you know, go check that out. I thought that that interview was fantastic. And I thought that um, some of the things that were coming out there, you know, was was amazing. It was, it was great content, very highly entertaining. And for those that grew up in that time, you know, I was a very young man. Uh, just out of high school when the Pittsburgh Steelers won that first Super Bowl. And, um, you know, in, 2000, in 2005, 2006, uh, or 2005 Super Bowl, I'm sorry, uh, that, you know, it, it's good to relive some of those things. So if you were around back then and you were, you know, a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers and you can remember, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'd recommend go checking it out. It'll take you back down memory lane. Um but it was a good show. It was a good cast, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. But um, that's all we have for you guys today. I want to, again, you know, say thank you to everybody who's reached out about Little Rogie and um, and the newest addition to Steeler Nation. We truly appreciate that. And um, I'll see you guys on Monday on The Hangover. With that being said, I'm Daniel J. This is uh, Still Current Network and State of the Steeler. See, see you Monday. Peace. Mm-hmm.